0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's Ask Alice. Now, the question that I chose for this week, I loved because it really helped me to reflect on some of the things that I have done previously that I would not do now, and I am talking about training mistakes. Now, firstly, I kind of hate to use the word mistakes, ever in life, because as I've spoken about a lot recently, I feel that mistakes are often things that actually are learnings that help us grow and get better. And across my journey of training, my goodness, have I made some definite uh, moments of learning or had some definite moments of learning. And if I were to call them mistakes, I've definitely made some of those too. And I feel like generally taking a look back and a reflect on our training journeys and on how far we've come really helps us to recognize you know what we've achieved what we've learned and how we've developed um within that space and I think for me anyway it was really nice actually to just take a moment to reflect and say what did I do wrong that I wouldn't do now um so I've got kind of like some big ones that I did that I'm sure you guys are familiar with and then some more kind of little things that you might not have thought about Um, that I came up with that maybe you're doing, maybe you're not, but hopefully these help you to avoid doing these within your training as you kind of move through your own journey. So the first one is, as I'm sure you've guessed, overtraining or under-recovering. Now, the reason why I use under-recovering is that overtraining is kind of the the term that we know to be used in this space if you're doing too much training uh, and your body isn't able to cope with the demands and it starts to uh, make changes in order to Um, deal with that level of energy output but actually what we recognize it to be from a physical perspective is actually the body not being given enough of a chance to recover from the stimulus is placed upon it whether that be through exercise typically or maybe it's because you're doing a combination of too much exercise too little energy input in terms of food so i think that was my biggest mistake and really this came about as a result of or, or on the tail end of my uni experience as many of you know, I trained as a dancer, so my body was quite used to a high energy output per day. I was doing classes from you know eight in the morning to um, six pm at night, um, training, uh, dance training that was. And so I guess when I then added in my gym sessions, I didn't really think, oh well, you know, my body needs more fuel or more recovery as a result of this. I just kind of added more and added more and added more. Um, and as my body changed, I obviously thought that that was therefore a good thing. And our bodies are pretty resilient things. We can deal with for a certain amount of time, a certain amount of overtraining. But at some point, we do start to show, show signs of that having a, a negative impact on how we feel. Um, so for me, as I've spoken about many times, that meant that, you know, at some point my menstrual cycle went. Um, my hair was thinning my uh, sleep was affected my mood my cognitive function you know lots of things that we take as just being normal things that happen to us started to go for me and there was definitely an altering of my um, kind of optimal state let's say so I think that for me I have to say that this kind of is my biggest mistake that I've made and it's Definitely something that I have learned from as I've gone through my own training journey, because I think it kind of is the the biggest one of all is that I use this phrase a lot, but I've really learned to respect my body in terms of what it's able to take and how much is too much. And if we think about it in terms of, you know, exercise being something that we do as as a positive thing, paired with that, we need to have recovery being seen as as positive thing as is, And I just don't think it's necessarily, you know, earned that spot yet for a lot of people in the way that it has for me. And maybe it's because I've been through that journey of seeing the other side, you know, the slightly darker side where the body starts to really be affected by being too, doing too much training. But I have learned the value of recovery so much. And I've learned to understand what it really means for me and my body, because it's going to be different for all of us. Um, and how much again is too much. So in your own journey, I think it's about asking yourself constantly those questions of how am I feeling? How's my training going? Am I progressing? Am I feeling energized? Am I sleeping well? Am I, um, you know, feeling as though my brain is working as it should be? Am I feeling that fogginess, you know, during or after sessions Um, or just more generally? um, Is my menstrual cycle normal or is it starting to become more spaced out or even, absent completely and it's important to say and to caveat this with those can be signs of other things going on as well so I'm not necessarily saying that because those things have happened to you you should suddenly diagnose yourself with under-recovering or overtraining. but they're definitely things to look out for and speak to your healthcare professional if you're concerned about where you might be in that space and if you might be potentially um, under-recovering and not allowing your body enough time to recover fully from the stimulus placed upon it. So I think that was my my first mistake and definitely something that, like I said, I have really, really learned from. And kind of tied to that mistake, the second thing that I did was I never respected this idea of, of having to fuel to, you know, kind of um, make up for the, the energy lost through exercise. I was constantly and for a, a long period of time chronically under fueling myself for the training and the energy output that I was doing. And... I think that this is an area in which I really had to do a lot of learning in terms of what is it that I want to use exercise for in the long term. Yes, exercise can be part of body composition goals. I know for many people, they sort of get into exercise for those reasons. But in the long term, you really don't want to be in a fat loss phase for prolonged periods of time. Yes, being in an energy deficit can work for some people. But that should be the, then be paired with coming back to maintenance, you know, in undulating periods. It shouldn't be that you're just constantly in a calorie deficit. And I think this is uh, something that a lot of people tend to do is that they just think that they get, you know, given this kind of calorie target for, to be in a calorie deficit and they just constantly eat at that number. And what that does is that over a period of time, being in a, in a deficit for, for longer than one should be your body starts to, again, be really affected. It's not getting enough energy to complete its usual um, kind of mechanisms. And so, stuff starts to um, change within the body because it's not got enough energy to complete those things like, like giving you a menstrual cycle, you know, monthly bleed, or like, you know, your brain working at its, at its best. So, The second mistake that I definitely did was to chronically underfuel and to not recognize that the amount of energy that I was putting out was, was enough to really facilitate me trying to take on more energy to make up for that. And I think food needs to be looked at within the training space as much more of a kind of let me eat great food so that I can really have a great session and feel energized within my session rather than being two separate things rather than training being one thing and food being another. Like I now really have this focus where I'm like, everything that I eat, in fact, that's a lie because not everything, I, I enjoy food for food's sake. I'm not always thinking about training, but definitely when it comes to, you know, my thoughts around how I, how I approach food, food to me is really now tied into, I want to feel energized and strong within my sessions and that means that I need to make sure that I'm eating enough to fuel those workouts and to make sure that I have you know enough food even if I'm just sat at my desk all day my brain is still ticking away I need to have enough food to fuel my my days and my my lifestyle and so again like as I've spoken about many times that meant that I had to address the fact that the body that I thought I wanted wasn't necessarily the healthiest physique that was right for me and how much I actually needed to eat to do the training I wanted to do, to do the you know things that I wanted to. And that meant that I did need to eat more. But as a result of that, and as a result of properly fueling my training, my God, have I got the most from that and, and noticed such a huge uptick in performance, in enjoyment, in motivation. You know, one of the things that we recognize in under fueling and o- under recovering is that motivation really starts to wane. Your energy levels will definitely dip, and you won't feel as motivated to train. You will feel very lethargic. Um, your training won't be as as good because you just don't have the energy to to power out what what you maybe were able to at the start. And so, I think that for me, it's just really helped me to recognize the role of food in my training journey and how much eating enough is important to me really getting the most from and what I want from exercise. So those are two really big things to tackle. And they're definitely probably the most important things in my own journey in terms of the mistakes that I've made. Um, The next one that I wrote down was too much diversity. And I think, again, this is something that I think a lot of people Um, fall foul of. So I'll talk through my own experience of it. But I think particularly when it comes to strength training within other forms of training, and I always have to make this kind of caveat that, you know, if you're going to F45 every week and, you know, that's your chosen form of exercise and you really enjoy it, please kind of ignore what I now say because diversity is almost crucial to that workout form. And if that's what you enjoy and you love it, great, stick with it. But if you're trying to get stronger and if you're trying to either reach a body composition goal or you're trying to increase or get better at specific exercises within strength training, too much diversity is not a good thing. By that, I mean, if you're going to the gym and every time you do a session, you're changing the exercises that you're doing, you're basically confusing your body and not really giving it a chance to get stronger at the specific exercises that you're putting upon it. And I think that one of the things that is good to learn um, within, within strength training specifically is that our bodies love routine and consistency. So the way that I work, the way that I coach is that I choose a group of exercises, usually between sort of six to eight exercises. And I will repeat those exercises week on week, particularly within my own training. My last training program I did for 16 weeks. So it was a long time to see a program through. And that really enabled me to progress in each of those exercises. Like I said, within each session, only six to eight exercises, really to progress in each of those exercises. And I did that for 16 weeks. And I think that what people tend to do, unfortunately, and maybe this is, again, it can be a learning on your journey. And again, caveat, if you enjoy mixing up the exercises, that's fine. What I'm saying here is if strength is the goal, Consistency is crucial and specificity is crucial. So, choosing those exercises, say you're doing three sessions a week, choosing within each of those sessions six to eight exercises, some lower, some upper, maybe some full body exercises, whatever. And in each of those exercises, seeing it through for at least a minimum of eight weeks, ideally 12 to 16 weeks, so that you can actually give your body a chance to properly get stronger in those movements. When we have too much diversity, again, like I said, it can become very confusing for the body and we don't have that level of specificity to progress. We're not getting that volume through the muscle in that movement to be able to actually see the progress. You might do a, I don't know, rear for elevator split squat one week, but then not do it for another six weeks, in which case there's not really a chance to progress in it. So, too much diversity was another mistake that I made. And the kind of antidote to that is to, again, be really specific about the exercises that you're going to do, be consistent with those, and you will genuinely reap the rewards and notice a difference. The next mistake that I made was to not warm up properly. I know this is probably quite a basic one, but it took me a long time to realize what a proper and kind of helpful warm up for my body was. I think that, You know, there was many a time where I would go into the gym, walk on the treadmill for five minutes, and then jump straight into my session. And I know that that's what a lot of people do. And if it works for you, fine, but it's not going to be the best way to get the most from your body. Uh, What we know to be beneficial is particularly within strength training, two crucial things. The first one is a dynamic warm up. Dynamic meaning that we are doing movements that are kind of with with flow and with dynamism, so that you can get the body feeling warm. But they're also movements that tend to be paired with things like mobility or just generally kind of getting the body moving, so that your joints feel warmer, so that your joints feel lubricated, so that your core temperature is raised, and so that you feel more prepared for the exercise that you're then about to do. The second thing is warm up or ramping sets. Now, you don't have to do these with every single exercise in your program, but typically the way that I program is that I have a primary lift at the start of the session that is a big bilateral usually, and that means with both legs or both arms lift. um, And that's kind of my heaviest lift of the session. Now, a warm-up or a ramping set will mean that, For that lift, you are going to do a couple of sets where you build up to the weight that you feel is is your correct weight for doing that exercise. So it might be that you're doing three sets in total, but you're going to do on top of that two warm-up or ramping sets that are gonna build you up to that weight and get your body primed to be at its best when you complete that first working set. So an example might be my maximum load that i'm going to lift for a a romanian deadlift a barbell deadlift is going to be um 40 kilos so my first warm-up set might just be with the bar 20 kilos i might do 10 8 10 reps there then i'm going to build it up a little bit so i'm going to add a five on either end i'm then going to do again eight reps there something like that um And then I'm going to then give myself the best chance to feel warm, to feel ready, to have my uh, posterior chain kind of warmed up and feeling good to then move into that first working set with the movement primed and feeling strong enough to then complete that first set. Often, if you're going cold, it's not the best way to get the motion, those three or four sets or whatever you're doing for that first set. So like I said, you don't have to do a ramping set for each set. Exercise, but typically the first set, maybe the first two sets, if you feel like you just want to do one or two sets before your working sets that give your body a chance to warm up into the movement, that can be really helpful. So, like I said, just to clarify, those two things that are really crucial, crucial that I've learned in terms of warming up properly is a dynamic warm-up that kind of includes some dynamic mobility movements, and then that paired with um, a couple of warm-up or ramping sets on the first one, two-ish exercises. The next mistake, I'm almost done, I promise. You're probably like, God, she's going on. <laughs> There's been many. Uh, the next mistake is uh, use calories burned as a guide to a successful workout. Now, I put this down because every now and then I bump into someone or I chat to someone or I have a client or whatever, um, a conversation with someone where they're like, oh, you know, I'm doing strength training and I just, I don't burn enough calories is when I go for a run And I've spoken about this many times on here, so I'm not going to kind of um, go over all ground, but I cannot tell you how important it is to ignore that number when it comes to any form of workout. We know that that number is firstly, probably going to be wildly inaccurate, but secondly, not relevant information for dictating whether you had a good workout or not. And I know because that was me, guys, don't you worry, I've been there, I've been that girl checking my Apple Watch, setting myself a target of like 250 calories burned. I mean, I remember when I first got a Polar, I remember when it first came out, it was like, you could wore the the heart rate chest strap and I had a Polar Watch and I would literally build my workouts around how many calories I would burn. It's such a toxic mindset and it's really not conducive to actually like enjoying and building within your training because you're so focused on a really irrelevant number. But I just find that like, it 's a mindset that can really hold people back, for example, I know that a lot of people find that within their strength training sessions that number 's not as high as when they do cardio uh no of course not it 's not going to be, <laughs> but also like it 's so irrelevant to what you 're actually trying to do like if you 're strength training 're strength training because you want to get stronger, really, and yes it your body 's using energy, but I think it just just distracts us from why we 're exercising and can really create again that kind of toxic. Relationship with moving our bodies um, and it being solely around fat loss or body composition when actually that's not why the majority of us are training. We're training to feel good. We're training to get stronger. We're training to enjoy whatever it might be. It's just a big distraction. Again, often wildly inaccurate. In fact, mostly wildly inaccurate and also really not helpful or relevant information to your exercise progress. My final one <laughs> you'll be pleased to hear is... Doing too much volume. So volume is how much load we're putting through our our bodies within a session or within a week. We look at total volume of a session being reps times sets equals total volume. And when it comes to total volume and progress, Often what I see is that within... I mean, I literally watched a TikTok yesterday and it was someone that was recommending uh, exercises for runners or like a strength training program for runners. And there was so much volume. I think it was probably about 15 exercises. And I think that basically when it comes to strength training, a lot of people, or actually, no, just exercise in general, I think a lot of people think more is more, right? The more, the better, the more I do, the better I'm gonna be, um, the stronger I'm gonna get. Uh, and also I think we have this idea that like, for example, our sessions need to be an hour long um, or our sessions need to have you know, X amount of exercises in. And one of the things that I've really learned and really found so much value in, in terms of my own progression and journey is less volume has been so crucial to me actually getting stronger and like progressing. I have a coach, Andy Vincent, I've worked with him for many years. And sometimes when he sends my program through, I'm like, God, this is so short. Like some of my workouts literally take me 40 minutes, but they are so difficult specific and um I work so hard within that 40 minutes and I think that often we try and you know a part of me finishes those sessions and is like is that enough but then I realise, oh my god I've done you know six work oh no sorry not six (laughs) four often working supersets I've done a, a primary lift and then usually three supersets after that that's enough and I often think that we do too much volume which again going back to my previous point about specificity and um, consistency it means that we're throwing a lot at our bodies it's then a lot to recover from and actually we're not able to go really hard in many of those movements because you've probably fatigued like I see so many workout routines that are a squat and another squat, and another variation of a squat, and another variation of a squat. And I'm like, you're basically working that same muscle group four times in different ways when actually you could just do a really heavy back squat to start the session and you'd have hit that and you'd have got stronger in it way more than doing a goblet squat into a split squat into a this squat into a that. Do you know what I mean? So I think one of the things to just remind yourself of is that sometimes less is more And doing too much volume can actually be counterproductive to you getting stronger and to really maximizing your sessions. It can just mean that you're doing too much. You're not able to push heavy and push hard in those sessions, and as a result, you aren't going to progress as quickly or build muscle in the same way. So hopefully that was a nice little run through of all the mistakes that I've made and how I've learned from them. I thought it was a nice one to reflect on. And I really appreciate the person that sent that question in because it is good to sometimes look at what we've done in the past to realize how far we've come. So Thank you so much. And if you have any other questions for Ask Alice in this segment, you can send an email to the email in the show notes, or you can send me a DM on Instagram, and I may cover your question next week. I'll be back on Wednesday for my next episode, so I look forward to speaking to you then. Give Me Strength is an Insanity Studios production. The podcast producer is Saffron Mirza, and podcast production assistant is Abby Sandler.